maybe 13, maybe 14. You never know. <laughs> but around 520-ish, we're giving away two more tickets. The Cats against the Cats. I feel like there's a Jerry Seinfeld joke in there somewhere. K-State against Villanova. Bramwich Coliseum, 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Octagon of Doom. Sold out game, but I got two free tickets. I'm not even charging you. That's coming up here in um, just a few moments. Mitch Fortner back with the voice of the Cats, Wyatt Thompson, AJ Shaw on our board, 537-1350. Number to call into the show to ask a question or make a comment. Also the same number to call in and get ready to win some tickets. But this time, again, it's by luck, by call number. Wyatt's going to pick the number this time. So uh, that way we're both uh, evenly giving away tickets here. I'm not picking the number both times, and then I get blamed for them not winning. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, okay. Um, let's get back to, to some K-State football. We'll talk Villanova, that matchup, what to expect from Villanova. Uh, in our next segment, I do want to talk some K-State women's basketball. They're now number 13 in the nation after a blowout win over Jackson State. Plus, got to get Wyatt's reaction to Florida State being left out of the college football playoff. Wyatt, K-State is now 60 minutes away from doing something that has never been done in college football. All right? Which is what? Which is eat a live Pop-Tart. Eat a live Pop-Tart. What does that even mean? I don't know what what that means. What that means is... They can eat a Pop-Tart that has a heartbeat. Really? And it'll be on display. Oh, this is the on the field thing? On the field okay. at Camping World Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Kind of like how uh, Oklahoma State a number of years ago ate a bunch of Cheez-Its after the Cheez-It Bowl. <laughs> Except that Cheez-It wasn't the mascot. No, it was not. It's going to be a, a Pop-Tart mascot, and the winning team gets to eat it. Interesting. I, I just wonder is like is there going to be a person in the uh, in the like getup costume yeah. kind of thing? Look, I know there's been some weird stuff that's happened in Florida over the years, and the whole running joke about Florida man. But I don't know if cannibalism is legal down there. <laughs> well, we'll be uh, we'll be strawberrying, strawberry filling, we'll be s'mores filling. I don't know, but I know Casey wants to be the first to eat a live pop tart. Sure. There's a lot on the line. Always good to be the first of anything, right? In a game between K-State and uh, NC State. Before we, uh, we we dig more into this game, I want to mention that a couple of more Wildcats um, have jumped in the transfer portal. I can give the full list here in just a moment, but the latest one, um, latest two, one of them's a pretty big surprise for most, and I understand. Running back Anthony Frias, who was here for a couple of years. Never forget the tweet of his send-off to Manhattan to go play Division One college football. He had a gathering of like a hundred family members to send them off. That was really cool to see. Um, the other is Nate Matlack. Defensive end has decided to uh, to jump into the transfer portal. The junior from Olathe, 6'5", 249, has decided that he's going to look elsewhere to potentially play some college football. Now, I know this has already been reported, so we can we can talk about it, I guess, you know, everybody has maybe a different story of why they're going into the portal. It can be a number of reasons. Of course. Apparently, Nate's intention is to find a defense that'll suit him better as in a four-man front. Feels like that would better suit what he does and maybe will make him more attractive to the next level. 
I think that's basically what the gist is here. That's what I have heard, and that's been reported a, a little bit here uh, in the last few hours. Um, and and let's remind everybody that Nate was initially recruited to Kansas State as a a, a guy that would play defensive end in a four man front. Good point. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm I'm saddened by it to a degree because one, I really really like Nate. Uh, he's a K Stater through and through. His parents went to school here. Uh, just seems odd, but hey, if, if that's what he wants to do, okay. Uh, but it it did surprise me. There are some in in the portal, and I know you're going to name everybody here in just a little bit, or probably will. Um, but I, there there have only been uh, a couple of surprises for me. But I think you are totally accurate in that guys get in for you know different reasons. Some of it is nil. Some of it is like what we talked about with Nate Matlack. Some of it would be more about opportunity for uh, Jake Rubley as an example. This is a four-star athlete quarterback who really hasn't hardly played in his time here. I think he's played in, what, four or five games. I can look at that, but I I think that's pretty close to accurate. And so, you know, everybody has their deal, right? I mean, it's just kind of what it is. Rubley's played in six games, two this year. So opportunity is what he's searching for. I'm not saying he isn't looking for some money, because probably would. But I, I think for him, it's just you know trying to see the field somewhere. All right, so here are the Wildcats from this last year's team that are, are now – because the portal opened today. Yeah. Uh, these gentlemen are officially into the portal. Quarterback Will Howard, running back Sean Ward, uh, corner Jordan Wright, tight end Christian Moore, quarterback Jake Rubley, corner Will Lee, QB Adrian Laura. Wide receiver Wesley Watson. Got a number of freshmen here. Maybe you haven't heard of them, but linebacker Colin Dunn from this latest class. Running back Anthony Frias. Safety, another a redshirt freshman in Jordan Perry. And now edge guy uh, Nate Matlack. You know, this this leaves now K-State in a very, can we say vulnerable spot right now when it comes to defensive end and for this bowl game? Sure. Because I, I mean, without if Matlack does go into the portal and apparently he has, then he would not be available for this game. Don't know. Um, I'm going to assume, and you don't always want to do that, but I'm going to assume that Duke will be uh, ready to go and play. But he's trying for a pro career, so mm-hmm. you worry there about an opt out. I'm not predicting it. I haven't heard a thing about it, but you just wonder. And then, of course, Brendan Mott is there. And, I mean, again, you're losing a little bit of depth with some of those guys and quite a bit of depth with the quarterback scenario with Avery taking over as the as the guy. And, and you hope that uh, Jacob Knuth is probably uh, going to get that waiver and be the number two guy. So you, you'd have to be – if you're not concerned about that, you should be. That's pretty thin. And, I mean, this now means that, you know, Definitely, K State is going to need to get into the portal now and go try to find a defensive end or two. But you know, let's just let, you know Brennan Mott and again Khalid Duke is a is a question mark uh, when it comes to their future at K State. At least it's been reported. Uh, and if that were the case with Cody Stuffelbean also now uh, done with his K State career, uh, I don't is he going to play in the bowl game? Stuffelbean, you know, I have not heard that. Um, hopefully, we'll get a chance to ask on that one. Uh, I'm not sure. I think um, 
what I've heard is, is he was wavering back and forth about coming back or not. Yeah. He, I think he wants to do medical school at some point. He's yeah. a very bright young man, of course. And um, Anyway, I, I hope he does. But he, again, i be repetitive here. He, he's got to do what's right for, for stuff, and, and, and I'm sure he'll do that. There's still a lot of guys that need to make decisions, but I'm just throwing out the possibility in case they could be pretty young sure. at defensive end for the bowl game. I think there's no doubt Toby Osinsami will be one of your defensive ends yeah. uh, for, uh, for well, the Well, they've bowl got game. some really good young guys, but and again, I'm looking and talking more towards 24 than, yeah. than this particular bowl, but you know, that Chidi Obi-Izor has played just a tiny bit this year, and they really, really like him. Jordan Allen, uh, really good size young kid from Olathe South. Uh, they really like him. Donovan Ryman's played just a tiny bit. I know they also really like Ryan Davis, the kid from Phoenix. So there are there are guys there, but it's just you know <laughs> when you when you lose a guy, you know like Nate Matlack, you're you're losing quite a bit of experience for sure. Okay, have you looked uh, much into because for those that don't know, Wyatt Thompson will be the national radio play-by-play broadcaster for the Las Vegas Bowl coming up a few days before Christmas. Uh, that'll be a uh, – help me out. Who is it Who is it again playing, Northwestern and who? And uh, Utah. Utah. Utes. There yeah. you go. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, this will be a, a second opportunity for me to do that. I'm going to work with a, a color guy that uh, I've known for a while but haven't ever really done any on-air work with, uh, Hans Olsen from uh, the BYU Network. Uh, it should be a lot of fun in, in Vegas, and that uh, Utah is a really good club. I have not really seen uh, Northwestern a lot yet, uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll do that uh, game in in uh, Kansas City on the 21st, and then fly out there and do that game on the 23rd, and go from there to Orlando. So, call a game sounds, at Allegiant Sounds Stadium. like a fun, huh? Yeah, that'd fun be, deal. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, how, how much uh, have you looked into NC State so far? I have a pretty good idea. Yeah. Of where they're at, uh, you know what? I nine think, and three team. Yeah, nine and three team. We mentioned earlier in the show, Dave Doran, who spent time at, at Kansas as an assistant, has done a really good job there. And and I think what you want to look at here, okay, here are their losses: Notre Dame early. Notre Dame's pretty darn good. Yeah, okay, and they're, they're almost case its opponent for the that's correct Pop Tarts Bowl. Yeah, uh, lost to Louisville thirteen to ten, and their last loss was the fourteenth of October at Duke. They've won five in a row since then, and they've beaten Clemson, Miami, at Wake, at uh, Virginia Tech, and 39-20 to against North Carolina. So interesting team. I, I think their strength is their defense, uh, but that's not to say they don't have you know a good offense. They have one of the most interesting freshmen in the country, and, and I'll call him a utility guy, okay? I, okay. his, I his, going, yeah. his name is Casey Concepcion, um, and and just kind of preparing for the game, it's hard to not notice that he didn't get a lot of work in the first couple of games, but he has 64, 64 receptions and 38 rushes, mm-hmm. and they move him everywhere. He's kind of... Um, Oh man, I'm not sure who I would compare him to. Um, in terms of how they move him, I'd probably say like a Philip Brooks or somebody like that. But it's more with the run game too. I mean, he he's lined up in the Wildcat, um, 185, 190 pound guy, but he can really scoot. Good talent, 
Their quarterback is a guy, Brennan Armstrong, who spent a lot of time at Virginia, left-handed, redheaded, <laughs> uh, slings it around pretty good. He's thrown for over 10,000 yards in his career. Uh, they've, got some, they've got some pieces. It, it'll be a fun, fun game, I think. They, I mentioned last hour, too, that they're, what concerns me is their defense is pretty good. And Tony Gibson was in our league at West Virginia when Dana Holgerson was there, and they had some dudes now. So, yeah, it'll be fun. Looking forward to it. Yeah, Brandon Armstrong is a true dual-threat quarterback. Yeah, he, he is a great runner. Yes. 544 yards. He's ran in for six touchdowns. And there was actually a middle of the year where they actually had the backup quarterback starting. I don't know if Armstrong was hurt or not, but he was running it a little bit. He was kind of got beat. He started the first five and was okay. They wanted to give the other kid a chance. So here's this is the weird part of the story, okay? So he starts the first five. This kid comes in and, and, and starts four times, right? And then decides to redshirt. So okay. here, come, here comes Armstrong back through the back door, so to speak. He starts the last three. Okay, I was wondering the story. I'm glad you knew that story because I thought that was so interesting. <laughs> how he was still strange. running the football. Yeah. Um, so Armstrong is the leading rusher. He's the quarterback. The second leading rusher is a wide receiver in Casey Concepcion, who you mentioned. Yeah. And they got a couple of running backs who are a little under 300 yards a game or 300 yards um, on the season. It's an offense that runs about four yards per carry. Yeah. Um, Their they, offensive numbers are not iPod. No, they're not. But they're it, effective. But they also play in the ACC, and that was the worst Power 5 conference this year. So, you know, I, I think K-State, the defense, even though they might be missing some guys, either opt-outs or portal or injury, can get after them. It's the NC State defense that, that does worry me. Their numbers look really good, especially against the run. They're one of the best teams in the nation in stopping the run. Um, only giving up 3.7 yards per carry. So, especially now with no war, DJ Giddens, it might be like a UCF game, although this is a much better defense. Um, They've got a guy, a linebacker by the name of Peyton Wilson, who has, think, think about this for a second, 138 tackles <laughs> in 12 games. That's 11 and a half per. I'm not sure KC has uh, two guys that can <laughs> add up that many tackles on the that's year. That's pretty good now. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, NC State. I mean, total defense. I mean, they're in the top twenty-five. Yeah. They're, they're, stopping the pass, like when it comes to numbers, isn't as good as how they do at stopping the run. But they've also, I think, they've had an interception at least in every game, um, and they're one of the best teams in the nation in interceptions. Veteran group. So. You know, Carolina's quarterback May can throw it around a little bit. He really didn't do much against NC State. I mean, they did a really nice job on him. Now, in fairness. I mean, it was like boom, twenty to nothing, NC State, and they were at home, uh, right out of the gate. So they've certainly you you can see why they're nine and three if you study them a little bit. And I, again, I'm just getting kind of getting started good on them uh, since yesterday afternoon. So looking forward to it though. And you said last hour, and I think this is so well said in in that K State hasn't played in Florida since 2011, haven't played an ACC team since 2012. Um, First bowl game for K-State in the state. Um, lots of fun things to to kind of be involved with here, right? Yeah, it's a very unique experience. Very. You rarely play an ACC team, never play in Florida. Mm-hmm. It's just something new for See, everybody. See, that's why I think, and th- this is just me if I were king for the day, I, I would move those bowls around, right? It gives everybody a chance to play in the Cotton Bowl, which is a great bowl, or the Rose Bowl, which is a great bowl. You know what I'm saying? Those kinds of things. As opposed to, and it's a little different now with the playoffs structure the way it is. 
And I, I wonder moving forward what the what the bowl will look like next year. Have you thought about that at all? Like with adding four more teams out of the Pac-12, well, I brought it up on Powercat Game Day. Like you know, they have a number of bowls that would be pretty fun to go to. I mean, absolutely, they have, they have the Holiday Bowl, the Las Vegas Bowl, yep. Rose Bowl. Of course, is a tie-in. Yeah, and the Pac-12 is about to go away. Uh, at least I assume so. Um, yeah. So there, but it, with a twelve-team format, okay. Let's say you make it. A year ago, people people know this. This has been publicly stated and what have you. Last year, K-State would have played Tennessee, probably around the 10th or 11th of December. The loser of that game is out. So that, does that mean they're done? They won't play in a bowl game after that playoff appearance? Yeah. I don't know if that's the case or not. I mean, uh, well, how are they going to fill those, or, or will we have less bowls? I mean, maybe in time. Things are going to change a little bit in the next couple of years here because of all of the movement and this structure with the with the new playoff system. We'll talk more playoff uh, a little bit later on in the show, most likely to wrap up the show, because I want to get Wyatt's thoughts on Florida State being left out. And at number five, which I felt that was pity, really, if anything. <laughs> um, when we come back, we'll talk Villanova, K-State. But before we take our break, it's time to give these last two tickets away. You know what everybody's been saying, right? Seriously, Mitch, give the tickets away. Quit talking. Yeah, I know. Sorry, we're talking bowl game and our excitement to go to Orlando, right. Florida. The game, I mean, come on, it's going to be played right next to the happiest place on earth. How much better does that get? Exactly. Okay, there's two empty seats still up for grabs for tomorrow night's game. K-State, Villanova, when's the last time they played? 1940. How about that? In Philadelphia. History in the making tomorrow, guys. This is a big one. Cats hosting the Cats of Villanova, I have two tickets left. Wyatt is going to tell us which color we're taking. What you said you took six, right? Six. I'm taking eight. Let's do eight. Okay. Caller eight, you'll be the lucky winner of two tickets to tomorrow night's game, K-State men's basketball against Villanova, taking caller number eight right now, 537-1350. Again, the phone number, 537-1350. We'll get our caller during the break. You're listening to Wildcat Insider. So this is a pretty interesting tweet. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me double check to see where this is at, but I have a pretty good idea of where this is at. So hold on just a second. I want to double check some things here. Uh, let's see here. Lane Kiffin just 30 minutes ago tweeted out a picture of the Kansas Jet Center. Isn't that not here? Yes. So 
Lane Kiffin now in town to talk with, uh, after Lincoln Riley, now in town to talk to Will Howard, potentially? I think it's happening more than you'd think. Hmm. There isn't one in, like, Topeka or anything. Is he coming after uh, Jalen Daniels? or? Uh, probably not. <laughs> okay. Welcome back to Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner, Wyatt Thompson, and A.J. Shaw. Uh, we have our winner of the last two Villanova tickets, uh, K-State Men's Basketball hosting Villanova tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Uh, shout out to Nick from St. George is the winner of the last two tickets to give away here on the show. So congratulations to our two winners. The game is sold out. So we're out of tickets. Go to uh, SeatGeek or wherever uh, K-State fans sell their tickets if you want to try to get into the door. It's a big one tomorrow night. Um, White, we can go ahead and preview now the Villanova Wildcats, a team that was 17-17 and 17 last year. New head coach. Six and three this year. They've had a weird start to the year. Some really high highs and some pretty disappointing losses so far. Lost game three at Penn, 76-72. That certainly surprised everybody. But then they beat Maryland. And then right after that, back-to-back-to-back at the Battle for Atlantis, they beat Texas Tech 85-69. to North Carolina in overtime, 83-81, and Memphis, 79-63, and everybody's going, boom, wow. And all of a sudden, they're ranked 18th in the country. And since then, they've lost to St. Joseph's and to Drexel, those big five yeah. uh, teams. And so they're 6-3, and three, but I think what I would say is a very, very capable basketball team with a boatload of experience. I mean, a ton um, probably without a doubt, their best player is Eric Dixon, six eight and two fifty five. Um, can shoot it out to you know twenty feet, but just a man, uh, not just a. When I say six eight two fifty five, you're probably thinking about a guy who's not necessarily a leap out of the gym kind of guy, and that's correct. He's more of a bruiser and a banger, uh, but but a really fine basketball player. But they've got. Tyler Burton, who's a transfer from Richmond. T.J. Bamba, a transfer from Washington State. And then farther down a little bit, Hakeem Hart is from Maryland and Lance Ware, Kentucky. So they've got a few new faces there, too. Just a real solid team. Um, They don't really turn it over a whole heck of a lot, about 13 and a half a game. Um, They shoot... 37-ish, 38% from three. And that's the thing. They they will hit a lot of threes when they're playing well. Sometimes they rely on it a little too much, maybe you know, don't get the world's best looks. But uh, matter of fact, as I look at their updated chart, they, they've sunk in the last couple of games. Now they're at 32%. So they have not played well or shot the ball well in the last two games. As a matter of fact, they scored 60, 65 against St. Joe's and only 55 against Drexel. So... But again, I'll stress this. Veteran team, uh, lots of, I think they have like 4,000-point scores on their team. So they've been around a while. Yeah, pretty pretty good group. Yeah, two players that average over 10 points a game. You mentioned Eric Dixon. The other one is Justin Moore, who's averaging just a little under Eric Dixon at 14.5 points per game. You're right, yeah, they don't turn it over really a ton. They they get a lot of steals. They can be pesky, mm-hmm. like K-State's seen pretty much all year long, be a a pesky defense going to try to make you throw a bad pass. They'll get deflections and stuff. But you mentioned the offense. They don't score as many points as I thought this team 
would be this year. So the offense, right, just kind of depends on the game for Villanova. Um, They're actually averaging 74 a game, but they're shooting, right? Their three-point shooting is not as stellar as I thought it would be. As a matter of fact, over the last three games, if you look at North Alabama, you look at Oral Roberts, and you look at Villanova, Villanova actually has the worst shooting percentage from three out of those three teams, but they've also played a bit of a tougher schedule. They have. They And the, again, Coach Tang talked today about their culture. We're now in year two past Jay Wright, who won a couple of national championships there. Don't know that they're at that level right now, but I think Kyle Neptune, who was on Wright's staff, has taken over, has done a nice job. You mentioned struggling a little bit last year in, in the first year away from Jay Wright, 17 and 17, and they really struggled in the Big East. They, they were just, uh, I think, 10 and 10 in the Big East. So they're probably better this year than they were last, and I think in part because of some of those new pieces. be interesting to see how, how they play um, coming in here tomorrow night because it – I think the fans will be really excited, and and the place will be, you know, <laughs> should be pretty on fire right to the start of the ball yeah. game. And there's no doubt. I mean, what sells out this game is the name on the jersey. For that's, sure, everybody knows Villanova. Has, that's been a powerhouse for a long time. Won a national championship not too long ago. It's known as a college basketball powerhouse. At least, you know, that's the assumption, right? Because Villanova's been good for so long. Oh, sure. Um, and that part of the country, like like we were talking about the Big Five Classic, the, those are all Philadelphia teams, if, if yeah. you're not aware. But the, they take their sports serious in the East. And, and uh, there, it's if you're familiar with the Philadelphia Eagles fans, uh, they're pretty hardcore. And they love their team. And that they usually have teams that are you know physical and tough and bring your pail to work kind of. And, and I think this is kind of what they are. When I uh, lived in New York City, there was a uh, there was a K State bar like there's bars all over the city that like inherit fan bases. I'm sure, but they all have multiple fan bases because I remember K State's bar also had had Baylor, had Ole Miss, really, and had Villanova. Hmm. And Villanova was the other one that would come pack it. Baylor, Ole Miss didn't really show up a ton. A few people here and there, but Villanova fans. Would always show, and they're not that. I mean, New York City is a yeah. train ride a few hours away from from Philly. I don't know how long it takes exactly. They could go to some more games, but man, would they pack that place! And they were passionate. Every whistle against them was incorrect. <laughs> they were a rowdy bunch, and they were yeah. fun. Even made some friends with a couple of them. I'm, you know, if the K State Villanova were playing the same night, I would stick around and watch the Villanova game just oh, to, sure. for the for the interaction and how passionate they were about. About college basketball, yeah, and I, I said the Eagles a moment ago, but it's not no different if you've ever been to a Philadelphia Phillies game or or what yeah. Philadelphia Flyers hockey game. I mean, they they live and breathe their sports teams there, and they uh, they you can they can say something bad about their team, but you better not. They'll punch you in the nose. Yeah, I'm totally serious. <laughs> Let me see if that bar is still open. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is going to be. A really fun game, and I'm so happy this game is sold out. You know, I want to go back to a, a quote from Jerome Tang earlier today. This qu- quote was actually going like K State viral, um, talking about the the student section um, and how it's been so far this season. The student section has been good, but not great. 
We sold, I think, over 8,000 ICAT passes, and I haven't seen close to 8,000 in there. I appreciate the ones who have been there, but, you know, I say all the time we got the best student section in America. I don't think I've seen that yet this year. That's just being real honest. Love them. Love every one of them, but that's just being real honest. I'd like our season ticket holders appreciate. I know athletics appreciates the money, but I want to see their butts in the stands. Like, I, I hate cold weather. Right. The thing I hate more than cold weather is an empty gym. And so I can put up with the cold weather if the gym is packed. Listen, anybody maybe at all taking offense to that? Um, I, I just want to say, you know, Tang has said it before. He wants to get K-State to the time where every game is a huge game. Every game is where you'll find Bramlage packed. It's not just about the opponent. You know what he calls that? Elevate. Elevate. And that's that's some of the stuff that he's talking about. Um, and and I I think he feels like that this fan base is as good as any, at least potentially. And as he said, the student section has been really good this year. There have been some of the games that it's been packed, but there have been a few that's been not so packed. And uh, I I think he wants it to be exactly the way he described. Hey, I can live with the cold weather. Can't live with empty seats. And. Listen, if he's going to be honest, I'm going to be honest. <laughs> I agree about sure. what he said about who's been showing up. I think the season ticket seats have looked all right, mm-hmm. pretty good. I've seen worse. Student section is a solid three sections. The rest of it is is scattered. I do appreciate everybody that shows up, but there has been very little doom. I would not call it the Octagon of Doom so far this year. Now moving forward, that is going to change. It is going to be more doom with bigger opponents coming in. I know that's what Coach Tane doesn't want this to be, just showing up for the big games or whatever, and I understand that. But now you're looking at a Villanova game that's sold out. Nebraska game is sold out. Heck, UCF is coming. That's the first Big 12 game, and UCF might be the worst team in, in Big 12 basketball this year. I don't know. They're at, I think they're off to a better start than I thought they would be. But that game is a near sellout. Mm-hmm. The fans are are, are going to show up, and they're going to bring the noise. It's going to be a much different environment, a much better environment, a sixth man for K-State, so to speak, against Villanova. Well, in my time here, the the Big 12 season has always been better than the non-conference. For sure. And I, and I think he is well aware of that. Uh, but but as he said, um, you know, and you don't want to beat a dead horse with this, but, you know, he wants it to be about K-State um, and, and come see us. And, again, if I'm being honest, they they want to play better, and probably need to play better. Yeah. Um, and if they do their part, then we hope to see everybody there. Tip off tomorrow night, six o'clock. Uh, pre-game coverage on our sister station, one hundred one five K Rock, begin at five. That's when I'll head out there as well, because here tomorrow on Cayman we'll have Manhattan High Hoops against Hayes uh, on the road. Road Troy Coverdale will be on the call for that. We'll take a break, and when we come back, jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back, K State women's basketball jumps up the spot, the pole, another spot. Top fifteen team, they get it done against Jackson State. A few thoughts on K State women's basketball when we come back. We're back. Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner, Wyatt Thompson, AJ Shaw, 785-537-1350. It's a phone number if you want to call in, make a question, give us a question, make a comment about the Cats. K-State women's basketball this past Friday knocked off Jackson State, which Coach Jeff Mitty said that that's a team you should not just judge them by the name on the jersey. This could be a true threat, but the Cats get it done. 79-37 to jump to 7-1 and on the year. Uh, they're now 3-0 and at home and now number 13 in the nation with two games this week. They will host McNeese State at 6.30 on Wednesday, and they travel to St. Joseph, Missouri to take on the Missouri Tigers. Um, you know, what I really wanted to see out of the game against Jackson State was a strong offensive performance is in shooting the basketball. I think they had done everything right defensively. This is a very good defensive team, and a big part of that is their depth, along with the offensive side of where they're scoring their points Getting a lot of help from the bench. Um, but I, I just wanted to see a solid shooting performance is in good percentages. And guess what? They come through. They shot 78% from the field and or, I'm sorry, uh, 47% from the field. And they shot 43.5% from three-point range. 10 of 23. And again, I think my takeaway has to be Serena Sundell. The last four games... She has been playing more aggressive basketball, driving to the hoop. She has scored in double figures all the last four games. She had 10-7 and seven with five assists, one turnover. She has been a real spark for this team lately, and I love to see that because she has been such a solid player since she was a freshman. You said so much there. Um, I guess what I will add to that is, is I think she's just, and, and this is what you want to have happen, she's just gotten a little bit better each and every year, right? I mean, she is a really solid player now. She can do so many things. Uh, we've seen her play, as an example, really, really good defense this year. She's expanded her offensive game. Uh, really good teammate, I think. I mean, she she can distribute the ball. Um, I just like pretty much everything that you see, right? I mean, she's really played, I'm just going to say, really good, steady basketball. You agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another big spark I love to see. Great performance in 20 minutes by the freshman Taryn Sides, mm. who scored uh, 10 points. She was 3 of 4 from three-point range. She's the smallest player on the court, but she's going to go grab rebounds. She had five in the game in assists. She had a block as the smallest player on the floor. She had a block in the game. And I said it before the game. I was like, this is a kid, sooner or later, has become a sniper from three. I don't know how to say this other than just say it. She simply stated is a hooper. Yeah. She loves the game. You can tell she lives in the gym. And you're right. She may be short, but there are so many things that she does very, very well on the basketball floor. And I think she's just scratching the surface of 
what she could be and will be. I think that's the key, will be. Um, I, she can shoot the ball. She can handle it, pass it. She, she's very, very crafty in how she plays, smart. I mean, you, I think she understands the game exceptionally well. And, man, I, it's fun watching her. Simply stated, fun they, watching her. They had twenty nine points off the bench. I've, I've, you know, I think Gisela Sanchez, the Spaniard, is gonna, you know, I, I think sooner or later she's also gonna really break out and hit some threes. And that's, you know, another thing, Gabby Gregory, what a talented player she is. She has not hit her stride yet. She's still trying to find consistency with shooting the basketball, and she is still as fiery as ever on the defensive end. Is so. You know what I, I like? I'm though? not worried. Just like when they won at Iowa, she struggled a little bit with her shot, but when it came right down to it, she got the one she needed to make and made it. She has some real quality toughness to her. I, I really think she's a good teammate. She she's probably a better athlete than you than you might surmise. Um, and just again, somebody with a lot of experience has played a lot of basketball. And and I think it's been a little different for her this year with with Aoka back. So I think she's adjusting. But I think once she does start to get a little bit more consistent with that shot, you're going to see some really good production. By the way, Aoka Lee with 12 points, and uh, she is now fourth all time in career scoring at K State, 1,809 points. That's a bunch of points, bud. And she's really, really. <laughs> it's just great to have her back. I guess I'll say that. I. I K-State is different with her. That's that's clear and obvious. Um, but I also appreciate her, too, because she she's one of those that she's going to get hers, but uh, she's all about winning games, and I think that other stuff is secondary. you agree with that? I, yeah. I, that's the, I just think she likes – she's a hooper, too, in a lot of ways. She just enjoys the, the game and, and plays hard and does a really good job. Well, if there's anybody that deserves a really good attendance, it's this team. Yeah. Guys, they're the 13th ranked team in the nation. Sure. And they're going to keep climbing. This is a top 10 team. They don't, they're not getting the votes they deserve yet. I'll say it again. K-State fans, this is a top 10 team that Jeff Mitty has this season. We knew they would be special. I think so far they're right now, you know, I think it's fair to say maybe exceeding expectations after they won at Iowa. Sure. So... Wednesday, 6.30, they host McNeese State. I hope to see you all out there. Let's take our last break of Wildcat Insider. When we come back, college football playoff, we'll get Wyatt's reaction next. We're back. Wildcat Insider, Mitch Fortner, Wyatt Thompson, A.J. Shaw, 785-537-1350. It's a phone number if you want to call in, make a question, give us a question, make a comment about the Cats. K-State women's basketball this past Friday knocked off Jackson State, which – Coach Jeff Mitty said that that's a team you should not just judge them by the name on the jersey. This could be a true threat, but the Cats get it done. 79-37 to to jump to 7-1 and on the year. Uh, they're now 3-0 and at home and now number 13 in the nation with two games this week. They will host McNeese State at 6.30 on Wednesday, and they travel to St. Joseph, Missouri to take on the Missouri Tigers. Um. You know what I really wanted to see out of the game against Jackson State was a strong offensive performance. Is in shooting the basketball. I think they had done everything right defensively. This is a very good defensive team, and a big part of that is their depth, along with the offensive side of where they're scoring their points, getting a lot of help from the bench. Um, but I, I just wanted to see a solid shooting performance. Is in good percentages, and guess what? They come through. They shot seventy eight percent from the field, and or, I'm sorry, forty seven percent from the field. And they shot 43.5% from three. 
from three-point range, 10 of 23. And again, I think my takeaway has to be Serena Sundell. The last four games, she has been playing more aggressive basketball, driving to the hoop. She has scored in double figures all the last four games. She had 10 and 7 with five assists, one turnover. She has been a real spark for this team lately, and I love to see that because she has been such a solid player since she was a freshman. You said so much there. Um, I guess what I will add to that is is I think she's just, and, and this is what you want to have happen, she's just gotten a little bit better each and every year, right? I mean, she is a really solid player now. She can do so many things. Uh, we've seen her play, as an example, really, really good defense this year. She's expanded her offensive game. Uh, really good teammate, I think. I mean, she, she can distribute the ball. Um, I just like pretty much everything that you see, right? I mean, she's really played, I'm just going to say, really good, steady basketball. You agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another big spark I love to see, great performance in 20 minutes by the freshman Taryn Sides, mm. who scored uh, 10 points. She was 3 of 4 from three-point range. She's the smallest player on the court, but she's going to go grab rebounds. She had five in the game in assists. She had a block as the smallest player on the floor. She had a block in the game. And I said it before the game. I was like, this is a kid, sooner or later, has become a sniper from three. I don't know how to say this other than just say it. She simply stated is a hooper. Yeah. She loves the game. You can tell she lives in the gym, and you're right. She may be short, but there are so many things that she does very, very well on the basketball floor, and I think she's just scratching the surface of what she could be and will be. I think that's the key, will be. Um, I She can shoot the ball. She can handle it, pass it. She She's very, very crafty in how she plays, smart. I mean, you, I think she understands the game exceptionally well. And, man, I, it's fun watching her, simply stated. Fun they, watching her. They had 29 points off the bench. I've, I've, you know, I think Gisela Sanchez, the Spaniard, is going to, you know, I think sooner or later she's also going to really break out and hit some threes. And that's, you know, another thing, Gabby Gregory, what a talented player. She is. She has not hit her stride yet. She's still trying to find consistency with – Shooting the basketball, and she is still as fiery as ever on the defensive end. So you know what I, I like. I'm though? not worried. Just like when they won at Iowa, she struggled a little bit with her shot, but when it came right down to it, she got the one she needed to make and made it. She has some real quality toughness to her. I, I really think she's a good teammate. She she's probably a better athlete than you than you might surmise, um, and just. Again, somebody with a lot of experience, has played a lot of basketball, and, and I think it's been a little different for her this year with, with Aoka back. So I think she's adjusting, but I think once she does start to get a little bit more consistent with that shot, you're going to see some really good production. By the way, Aoka Lee with 12 points, and uh, she is now fourth all-time in career scoring at K-State, 1,809 points. That's a bunch of points, bud, and she's really, really... <laughs> it's just great to have her back. I guess I'll say that. I, I, K-State is different with her. That's that's clear and obvious. Um, but I also appreciate her, too, because she she's one of those that she's going to get hers, 
but uh, she's all about winning games, and I think that other stuff is secondary. You agree with that? I, yeah. I, just, I just think she likes – she's a hooper too in a lot of ways. She just enjoys the, the game and, and plays hard and does a really good job. Well, if there's anybody that deserves a really good attendance, it's this team. Yeah. Guys, they're the 13th-ranked team in the nation. Sure. And they're going to keep climbing. This is a top-10 team. They don't, they're not getting the votes they deserve yet. I'll say it again. K-State fans, this is a top-10 team that Jeff Mitty has this season. We knew they would be special. I think so far they're right now, you know, I think it's fair to say maybe exceeding expectations after they won at Iowa. Sure. So Wednesday, 6.30, they host McNeese State. I hope to see you all out there. Let's take our last break of Wildcat Insider. When we come back, college football playoff, we'll get Wyatt's reaction next.